let's get past them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Man Podcast, where we are on a mission of connecting men in pursuit of their potential. We do that by embracing discomfort, cultivating community, and putting wind in each other's sails. And we are getting wind in our sails today from my man, Ali West, out of Nottingham United Kingdom. Thank you for taking the time, brother. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Ted. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. And I, I always love starting the episode with um, letting the guests introduce themselves to the audience. I know you're the founder of Kinetic Fitness, but that's just a title. We want to know who Ali West is. So so please, by all means, introduce yourself to the wonderful people. Yeah, I always find that question interesting. Who are you? Because I feel as if we're all learning every single day who we are. So it's always a an interesting one to answer. But in a nutshell, to not take up too much time for the last 14 years of my life, I've been in the health and fitness industry in one form or another. My career in health and fitness started off the back of a football or a soccer injury. I always wanted to be a football player, a professional football player. And when I was 18, I tore my cruciate ligament and that kind of put an end to my, my dream of being a footballer. So I had two years out of the game, came back into the game, and I couldn't really get to the same level or the same standard that I was playing pre-injury. And randomly, I fell into the health and fitness industry. A friend of mine at the time said, have you ever considered being a personal trainer? And I hadn't. I'd never really set foot in a gym. I didn't know anything about the gym life or anything like that. All I'd ever been involved with was team sports. So I decided to give it a shot. I took an intensive gym instructor course, and then I was lucky enough to get a job at a major health club chain over here in the UK, Virgin Active. Most of your audience would be familiar with the Virgin brand, Richard Branson's brand. And that was an amazing time for me because I, I was lucky enough to be put into that environment straight away and learn from some great personal trainers. And after three years of working there, I'd built up a full client base. I was very busy. I was one of the top trainers, not just in the site that I was in, but in the whole of the UK. And right. after three years, I decided to go out on my own. I got offered the opportunity to be a personal trainer, run my own business. And I did that successfully for five years from 2011 till 2016. And then I was looking at the next step. So the next logical step was to open my own facility, which I did in January, 2017. I have a nine and a half thousand square foot facility called kinetic fitness which i run with my wife so it's a husband and wife team we've been doing that successfully for the the last five and a half years we mainly focus on gym membership personal training and small group training so that's kind of my career a potted history in my career but a big change happened for me in 2015 and i'm sure we could dive into this but i took a trip out to sedona to arizona and had a huge I guess you can only label it as a, a spiritual awakening. <laughs> and my whole life changed after that day. I, I decided to take everything a lot more serious, my life, my health, my personal growth. And for the last seven years since that trip to Sedona, my whole life has just accelerated on an upwards trajectory. And yeah, I'm in a, I'm a, in a blessed place. I've got an amazing wife, an amazing life. And things are, are changing again at the moment. I'm very much focused now, more stepping away from the fitness stuff and focusing on what your podcast is all about, which is helping men and male entrepreneurs to discover their purpose and live a life of fulfillment. So that's kind of where I am right now and my history 
in a in a brief space of time. <laughs> yeah, no, man, I, and I love it because you know, that that kind of lays out. I mean, I can almost hear the growth in the process and the growth that goes through those years. And I say years because, man, when I started my personal journey, I think my mental health really started irritating me when I started getting impatient. When I started thinking to myself, I've been doing this for three years. Why am I not there yet? I've been doing this for five years. Why am I not there yet? And I think we as we as kind of just goal-driven individuals and, and sometimes you know, us as men, we get we get focused on, okay, I want to do this, I want to better myself. And we we end up getting into a point where we look up at the mountaintop and see how far we have to go. We forget to look down at how far we've come. And we don't see how far we've actually made it. And I want to first start with your transition for from the soccer injury into personal training because I know for a lot of us, we go through identity switches in life. And for someone who had the goal and the dream of being a professional football player and an injury taking that away, that's a story so many of us can relate to. How did you redefine yourself? And were you hesitant at first when it came to personal training or were you just at that point looking for something so desperately to hold on to? Yeah, I was I was very nervous going into that environment because as we all know, a gym can be a, a very intimidating environment. But I just want to put all this into perspective because when I look back at it, I probably didn't have enough talent and enough ability to make it to a high level of playing football over here. I probably could have made a a bit of money playing sort of what we call semi-professional over here, mm-hmm. which would have been great because I would have earned some money whilst probably working another job. But what I did have all the while, even when I was playing football and from a very young age is a, a work ethic. I always worked hard and a lot harder than probably some footballers that were 10 times more talented than me. Mm-hmm. So when I went into that environment of being a personal trainer, I knew that number one, I've always been somebody that liked to help people. I get that from my mum. My mum's very much a people person. She puts everyone before herself, which can sometimes be detrimental to her own health. But <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've always been a person that wanted to help people. I've always had this entrepreneurial mindset as well. And I knew I could work hard. So when I got thrown in at the deep end, which was, okay, you're on the gym floor now. You've got to go out there and speak to members and sell personal training sessions and build your client base, all this kind of stuff. I knew that I could do it because I'd always been able to talk to people from a very young age. I had the confidence and I knew I wanted to help people. Although it was intimidating, I just put myself out there and just took it one step at a time. And I think the most important thing with personal training is being a good communicator. And if you're a good communicator, which I believe I am, you can make it in in this industry being a trainer because you can have all the knowledge of exercise and all the knowledge of nutrition and all these areas. But if you can't speak to people, you're not going to get very far. So that was, I guess, a good card I had in my deck was that ability to communicate. And I just took to it really well. And I found it exciting because for me, it was something new because I'd never really been in the gym. And a lot of trainers, when they start as a trainer, they've got that experience of like five years in the gym, 10 years in the gym. They're like, oh, I love this. So I'm going to become a trainer. Whereas me, I'd had this team background my whole life. So for me, it was completely alien, but it was really interesting because I was learning. I was learning how to do exercises properly. I was learning about nutrition. I was learning about how to grow a client base. I was learning about all the facets of personal training and communication and body language and all this kind of stuff. So for me, it was exciting and it was a massive change, but 
it's history. Like, look where I am now. It's it, I wouldn't be where I am now if I didn't get that that break. And I believe everything happens as it should, or some people say as everything happens for a reason. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I love that you said that because, you know, a lot of things uh, we see in hindsight and in perspective, where for me, I know my parents, I gave them a hard time and I was actually upset with them for a few years when they never put me in, in uh, American football as a young kid. And when I was in high school, I tried out for the team and I made it and I did well and I kept hearing about how much potential I had, how much innate talent I had, but I just wasn't there yet. And because everybody I was playing with had eight years experience. And I just remember I used to blame my parents for not getting farther in American football because they didn't put me in at a young age. It wasn't until much older where I said, in hindsight, I said, mom, dad, I was at a college football game. I said, I'm a grown man. And these kids tower over me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for not because I would have yeah. died if I did. But that <laughs> protected you. <laughs> exactly. It's the perspective that we have through that. And speaking of perspective, it sounds as though you get into the, the personal training realm and you start elevating as the work ethic and really kind of just probably that innate entrepreneurial spirit within you just as you go up the ranks, you you end up training for a number of years, then you have the opportunity to become a personal trainer in business for yourself. But along the way, perspective again, gets changed. You mentioned 2016, the trip that kind of changed everything. 2015. 2015. I think it was 2016. You went into business for yourself, right? Yeah, so I got the keys to this building in the at the end of 2016, and then we opened January 2017. So, so yeah, that whole that whole period from sort of the end of 2014 through to the beginning of 2017 was a, a real pivotal time. And then obviously the last five years of running the gym has been a roller coaster as well. So we can go wherever you want to go with this. <laughs> well, the one question I think of is how did your experience in 2015? impact the key getting because it sounded like it was already in the process but like 2015 happened and then 2016 i mean you get the keys to this building to start something how did one play into or impact the other yeah yeah so i think around about that time sort of the end of 2014 going into 2015 i was starting to get real itchy feet with what i was doing i was in a very small personal training studio with four other trainers working out of there and it was it was so small we didn't have much equipment in there so after a little bit everyone was on top of each other and I and it was very samey and I was starting to get bored and I'm one of them people that I don't hang around with stuff for very long and maybe that's not necessarily a good thing but I like to keep challenging myself and pushing myself so I was I was thinking how could I do this and I was looking at different options and yeah, I ended a long relationship at the end of 2014. So I was with someone for seven and a half years. We had a mortgage together. I moved out of that house. And at the beginning of 2015, I was living on my mom and dad's sofa mm -hmm. for three weeks. And then my parents were like, oh, we've got to get you a proper bed. <laughs> and do you know what they did? They moved me into my dad's office on a camp bed. And I was sleeping with a printer next to my head. <laughs> books falling on me a shredder to my left hand side and it was just a nightmare and <laughs> i just knew knew something had to change so i decided to take this trip to sedona i took a trip out to visit my friend scottsdale arizona and we had this this incredible this incredible time in sedona where many incredible things happened to me but i think the biggest thing off of that trip and out of 2015 that i want to share with your audience that made me make the changes and then 
get the keys to this gym and progress my life forward, the biggest lesson I, I now know that I've learned is that I decided after that trip to Sedona to put myself first. Mm. Because for a long time, I'd not put myself first. I'd put everyone else in front of me and in front of my own health, my own wealth, my own happiness, the whole lot. And I decided that had to stop. So I went all in on everything of on me. So all in on my business, all in on my mindset, all in on my health, all in on my spirituality, because that's where I discovered spirituality. Because before Sedona, I never had a spiritual practice, didn't know anything about spirituality. So I just went all in after that trip on me. And what that's allowed me to do is be me, be the fullest, best version of myself. I don't really like using the term version because that means like you're putting on different faces and that's something else that I used to do for a long time. I used to disassociate and be this chameleon and not be my truest self. So this allowed me to be my truest self. And what happens when you start taking care of yourself first is you show up better for everyone else as well. So by looking after yourself first and putting yourself first, you're better able to serve everyone else in a more authentic manner with more grace and ease and in a more effective way as well. So that was the biggest lesson that, that I took from that transition from being a self-employed personal trainer to opening my own gym was putting myself first. But that all came from Sedona. If I didn't go there, none of that would have happened either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to ask, but what happened in Sedona? Yeah, crazy story, crazy story. So I'll try and put it in, in as quick as possible <laughs> because it could be a long one. But yeah, yeah. I went out to Arizona for 10 days my friend was living in scottsdale at the time when i got there he said oh we're going to take a trip to sedona for my birthday it was his birthday when we went there so my friend paul said we're going to go to sedona i was like what's sedona he goes oh it's an amazing place magical beautiful red rocks we'll do some hiking and we'll check it out and i'm sure your audience will know about sedona but if they don't it's this magical place people have said they've seen aliens there it's sacred to the indigenous and native people People have had spiritual awakenings there, as I did. There's mm -hmm. energy vortices, amazing place. So we went, did some hiking. And then my friend says to me, do you want to try some meditation? And I was like, I don't know anything about meditation. I don't meditate, don't know anything about it. And my mate moved to, Fe uh, moved to Arizona, sorry, to Scottsdale because he was living in Seattle before and he had a tough time and he actually tried to take his own life. And spirituality and meditation basically saved him. So he'd got into this whole spiritual realm and this, this spiritual path. So he said, oh, let's try meditation. I was like, okay, I, I, I was open to it. I gave it a go. We sat on this rock and I closed my eyes and my friend guided me through this meditation. And all I can explain it like is that it was the most present I've ever felt. I felt like this overwhelming sense of love and gratitude come over me. There was like bright white lights coming into me. And it almost felt euphoric, you know, that when you like hear some pumping music or you take some magic mushrooms or whatever, <laughs> you get that sensation of euphoria. That's what it was like. And I felt incredible. I came out of it. And I said to my friend, what was that? He goes, oh, this, that's meditation. It's like, you must have responded really well to it. I was like, yeah, it was amazing. Did some more hiking. And then we went up Cathedral Rock, which is like the biggest rock in Sedona. On the way back down, we did another meditation. And this is when the crazy stuff happened. So I was sat there. We did another meditation. And then as I came out of the meditation, I was starting to hear almost like clear audience, like clear hearing. I was hearing telepathic stuff coming in 
my higher self, you could say. I was communicating telepathically almost with my wife, even though she was back in the UK. She wasn't my wife at the time. She was my, my girlfriend at the time, but my now wife, Sarah. And then I had this energy pushing me over to one side. And my friend was sat next to me, said, what are you doing? I said, that isn't me. That's something pushing me. And he looked at me like I was going crazy. <laughs> so he came to the other side of me and pushed me. And then this energy pushed me back. And I was in the middle of these, of my friend and this energy getting pushed left and right. And I was just laughing. And my friend was like, this is crazy. And yeah, ever since that day, everything's just catapulted for me. So I've made meditation a part of my life. I've found all this, this level of spirituality that I didn't know I have or had. I've found positive practices like journaling mm -hmm. and gratitude and affirmations and all this amazing stuff and learned that there's a lot more than what we see and hear and taste and smell and feel. There's a lot more to life. There is a higher power and we are all blessed and protected. And yeah, it's just everything's been amazing since that trip. So whether it was Sedona, whether it was meditation, whether it was a combination of the two, whether it was right place, right time, I don't know. Maybe I'll never know, but I'm so happy and grateful that it happened. Yeah, and I'm thankful too because that that's brought you here on the podcast today to be with us and, Absolutely. and, and to have that amazing experience. And and there might be people who have listened who like they, they're like, I don't meditate. And you know, I've I've actually been meditating for a few years and it's it's changed throughout the years for me. And you know, I'll I'll be honest, I've actually been kind of altering I meditate in three different ways now where I was very, I used to be very intentional about meditating. I wake up two o'clock in the morning, where before work, I used to sit down and I would uh, listen to Headspace. I had the Headspace app and I would listen to a guided meditation or silent meditation for, for 10 minutes and I'd go to work. After some time, that kind of fell off. But then I would literally lay in bed. I would meditate when I like first wake up. I would like lay back down, not hitting the snooze button, not falling asleep, but like la laying down and meditating again. I meditate before sleep. And then I also have learned about, I don't know if you know, familiar with like moving meditation where yeah. I'm driving. And when I drive to work in the morning, the radio is off. I'm in just silence and, and kind of focusing on my breath and my thoughts and, and trying to clear my mind. What are some tips or some advice you would give to somebody who is looking to start their meditation practice or maybe dig a little deeper or someone like me who's like trying to be more intentional and, and actually get the repercussions and, and actually get the benefit from it? Yeah. Well, the first thing I'd say is you don't need to go to Sedona <laughs> to meditate. You don't have to go and have one of these crazy spiritual awakenings. It doesn't have to be like that. So I'll give your your listeners some actionable steps and some some tips mm -hmm. based on my own experience, but also based on helping other people to, to meditate as well. And you nailed it a little bit with what you said. So the first thing to point out is that meditation, when you say that word, it has a lot of connotations behind it. It's like saying the word God or even the word spirituality. If you don't like the word spirituality, just say emotional, like use emotional well-being mm -hmm. or emo emotional health. So it has a lot of preconceived ideas around it. A meditation isn't sitting on a rock with your eyes closed, turning off all your thoughts and having this magical experience. That's not meditation. It is for some people, but that's not what it is. So you nailed it in some respects in, in the fact that there's different forms of meditation. And I think you can literally just wrap them all into three different types. So the first one you, you can have is what I'd call a guided meditation. So like headspace, calm, 
You can jump on Spotify, YouTube, Apple and find it. Literally so many places you can get a guided meditation. You can go down to your local Buddhist center and they'll they'll take you through a guided meditation. A yoga instructor will take you through a guided meditation. So that's a great place for the, for beginners to start. And that's how I started. My friend guided me through a meditation. And that allows you to not get overwhelmed and not have to focus on too much. All you have to do is focus on the voice of the person that's guiding you. So guided meditations are brilliant and you can find ones that are as, as little as five minutes long, which is amazing. So guided meditation is one of the first types of meditation. The second, you already mentioned it, is what I'd call an active meditation. So this can be hiking, walking, taking the dog for a walk, playing tennis, playing soccer. It doesn't matter. Reading, that's a form of active meditation. So this is what some people might label as the flow state. I was just going to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the flow state. So this is the flow state is meditation. So when you're completely in the zone and you're completely present and you're just focusing on that thing as an active form of meditation, that's what it is. It's a meditation. So I feel like I'm in a meditative state when I'm out hiking because I'm in nature and I'm so present. It's meditation. I've not got my eyes closed. I'm not focusing on my breathing, but it's meditation. Another form of active meditation is breath work. So if you're intentionally doing a breathing practice, so there's, again, there's loads of different types of breathing practices you can do. Wim Hof, breath of fire, box breathing, four, seven, eight, and the list goes on and on and on. So that's an active meditation. And then the final one, which is probably the hardest, is where you are in complete stillness, where you don't move, you've got your eyes closed, you're completely still, and you're just in that present moment trying to be as mindful as possible and completely still. So I think you can box all meditations up into those three, which is guided, active, and then just complete stillness, complete silence. I like it. I love that. So that's a choice that your your audience and your listeners or your viewers can make. Which one do you want to do? Do you want to do an active meditation? Do you want to do guided? Or do you want to do the hardest one, which is trying to be completely still? Even for me, who's someone who's been meditating for seven years, I still find it hard to sit still or lie still and just completely be, be shut off. I'm better at it than I was seven years ago, but I still find it difficult. So choose which one you want to do. And the next thing to do is start small, just like anything just like health and fitness, just like business, just like relationships, start small. Don't sit there or lie there and say, right, I'm going to do half an hour of meditation. I'm going to do half an hour of breath work because you won't do it. You'll fail. And then you'll be like, meditation didn't work for me. So just start with five minutes, five minutes, and don't even start every day because people are like, oh, do it every day. Just do it three <laughs> times a week because yeah. you're not doing it now. So how are you going to do it every day? Just do it three day, three days a week, five minutes, then build it up, build it up. And the next thing is called a meditation practice for a reason, because it's a practice. You keep doing it. You keep practicing and you get better. So there'd be my top tips is just, just do those. Choose which one you want to do. Take it one step at a time and start small and then make it a practice. It's got to be part of your life and you've just got to keep doing it and you will get better. And then you'll get like to where I am, where I can go anywhere and meditate anywhere. In an airport, on the tube in London in a noisy shopping center, I can literally close my eyes and zone out. But mm -hmm. that has taken me practice to get there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I encourage a lot of other people to try. And it, it sounds like you can do one or you could do multiple where you can do try and sit still or you have, I mean, for me, I'm going to say it here on the podcast, so it's recorded, it's on air and I, it's going to keep me accountable. 
but I've been wanting and I've been telling my wife, she's been telling me, get a keyboard, get a piano, because I just, I want to play piano. I want to learn that. And I want to meditate through making music and just through learning how to express emotion and, and feeling on the keys and yeah. letting that be some of my escape at an older age. Can I just add one more thing onto that? Please, yeah. One more thing, which has worked well for me is combine meditation with your own learning style. And I don't hear many people talking mm. about this. And I did a video on this once, and I'm one of the few people that I hear talk about this. So combine meditation with your own learning style. So work out or find out what your learning style is. Just type it in Google and you can find out. So you've got three types. You've got auditory, which is you learn through listening. You've got visual, you learn through seeing, or you've got kinesthetic, you learn through doing. You never just want you might be a combination of two and a crossover. So for me, I'm auditory. I learn through listening, but I'm also auditory slash kinesthetic slash, okay. slash doing. I'm not very good at visual, but I'm trying to improve and get better at visual. So one thing that's worked really well for me is because I'm so audio, when I meditate, I get the noise cancelling headphones on or I get some headphones in my ears and I'm playing some music whilst I'm meditating because I'm very auditory. And I find when I do that, I can get into a meditative state much more quickly and much more efficiently by doing that. So if you know you're very visual, you might want to do a visualization meditation. So you close your eyes and uh, visualize something, visualize colors or visualize being on a beach or in a forest that might work really well for you. And if you're very kinesthetic, you like to learn through doing, then an active meditation might be better for you. So maybe some breath work or going for a hike, something like that. So you can combine your own learning style with meditation. And I think it works better when you start to do that. Yeah, it probably helps it stick for them more and they probably enjoy it even, even more so. Exactly. How has meditation changed everything that happened after 2015 I, I you know you were kind of in that process and you said you got the keys to the building 2016 open 2017 how would you say from the best ability of your understanding your life after 2015 and everything you've done since how has that been enhanced through your meditation practice and, and really how you live your life now meditations changed my life literally changed my life everything that i have I can trace it back and put it down to meditation. Mm. So my gym came from meditation. My podcast has been going since 2018. It came out of meditation. A lot of the content that you'll see if anyone goes on my socials, my Instagram, my YouTube, it will come out of meditation. Positive practice that I do, they come from meditation. So for me, it's just been the number one game changer. I'd say that is the number one is, is meditation. It's been literally life-changing for me. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, your audience, they'll start meditating and their life will change. But I'd say there's a high percentage chance if they do it and stick with it, that their life will improve because it's super powerful. And it's been around since day dot. People have been meditating for a long time. It's just here in the Western world, here in the UK and the States and Canada, this Western Westernized nations, we, we've forgotten about these practices and we don't do them anymore. And we don't have a grounding in spirituality like they do over in the East. And I think this is a big problem. This is why we're, we've got a lot of mental health problems, why people aren't living a fulfilled life, why they aren't following their purpose, why they feel stuck and unfulfilled is because they don't have this grounding in spiritual practices. And I think if you can improve your spiritual well-being, your spiritual health, the rest of it, 
will fall in line. I think if your spiritual health improves, your physical and mental health will improve. And that's been proven now. People like Dr. Joe Dispenza have proven this time and time again. So you mm-hmm. can do it. You can do it. If you focus on that spiritual well-being and you start to meditate, you will improve your physical and mental well-being as well. But for me, they're all important. It's it's like that circle or that triad. You need physical well-being, you need mental well-being, and you need spiritual well-being. That's why if you listen to my podcast, it says mind, body, spirit. It's holistic health, holistic well-being. That's what I'm all about because for me, you can't have one without the other. And you improve one and the other one and improve. Yeah. Your body will find you, follow your mind. Your mind will follow your body. Your mind will follow your spirit. And it all just goes around in a nice little circle. Yeah. This is three legs to stand on two sticks. They, they'll fall past each other. The three sticks you can make, build that pyramid. And you mentioned Dr. Joe Dispenza. That's breaking the habit of being yourself by that author, by Dr. Joe oh, Dispenza, yeah, yeah, right yeah. over my shoulder. So, uh, yeah. And you got I'm The Alchemist. Familiar. That's an amazing book as well. Yeah. Two of my favorites over my shoulders. So I think we're very unique in our mindset or very similar in our mindsets. I wouldn't say unique because those are very well selling books. How can people connect with you, man? Because I, I know you're doing amazing stuff and you're, you're sharing so much on social as well, which is which is also great. I'd love for our audience to connect with you. And we have some listeners out in the UK as well who, if they're in the area, I'd love for them to check out your gym, Kinetic Fitness. Yeah. So the best way to get me on all socials is Ali West Coach. So A-L-I-W-E-S-T, West, like the direction, and then Coach, spelled like Coach, Ali West Coach. That's on everything, Instagram. LinkedIn, Facebook, the whole lot. The podcast is called The Kinetic Fitness Show. So kinetic is stylized. So it's K-I-N-E-T-I-K, fitness like fitness and show like show. So The Kinetic Fitness Show, that's the podcast on all platforms. There's over 140 episodes on there. We've had ev- like all sorts of guests on there, covered so many different topics. So do go and check that out. And the website, if they want to check the gym out, is kineticfitness.co.uk, so .co.uk. You can go to my personal website as well, which is ali-west.com, so ali-west.com. And the final thing is, if there's any guys listening that want to have a bit of a discovery call with me where we can dive into your goals in more detail and I can help you with your your mindset, your purpose and fulfillment. I'm offering free discovery calls as well. So you can book that via the link in my bio on Instagram. It's it's all on there. Or you can go to my Ali West website and you can find out how to book a discovery call on there. That's it. Nice. Awesome. I will have those links in the show notes for everybody to get in contact with you. Ali West, last question. And and I feel like I know the answer because you've definitely alluded it throughout the episode, but you know, what is an event that's happened in your life that's shaped your perspective of the world as a man? Well, yeah, I've got to say Sedona, haven't I? I've got to say Sedona. <laughs> well, it, it yeah. could be something different. It could be what led you to Sedona. It doesn't have to be Sedona and meditation, but it's just kind of a, a general question just to, to get the guests thinking and maybe share some some insight with the audience that they might not expect. Yeah, I think I think a takeaway from Sedona, because obviously I've gone over that already, I think a big, big takeaway for me was about a year ago now, I started working with a psychologist. And this was because I was at a point where I felt a little bit stuck with my career. And I've been one of those people, and this is an important thing for your audience as well, is I've been one of them people that I've never been too proud to ask for help. And we should always ask for help when we need it, because I do believe we have all the answers inside. We've got all the answers and we can access them. But sometimes we need a guide or someone to help us unlock those answers and and get the answers for ourselves. Because deep down, you know, you've got the answers, but sometimes you need that help. 
So working with this psychologist, she made me realize I had a lot of traits and a lot of things that I was doing as an adult that happened to me when I was younger. And you may have already covered this on your podcast, but what we need to realize as men in particular is that the way that we show up and the way that we act in our personality as an adult, a lot of that is down to what happened to us between zero and seven. And it took me a long time to work this out. And we have these traumas and it's not always huge macro traumas. Sometimes it's micro traumas like your parents ignored you or you didn't feel like you got that gratification or whatever it may be. And then you start to act a certain way. So I learned this after working with a psychologist. And once you know this stuff and you've learned it, you have to do the work. So you have to pick things apart and do the work. So I think that was a, a key point in my development very least recently and that's helped shape me and make me who I am now is learning that we're all carrying these traumas from when we were younger, some big, some small, but it's up to us to figure them out and fix them so that we don't pass it on to our children if we do have children because it needs to stop with us because we've got this this ancestral trauma and this generational trauma and programming that's passed down and we can stop it right now as men we can stop it before it gets onto our offspring yeah no ali i appreciate you sharing that man and you are so right in terms of us doing the work healing ourselves so we can you know be i guess the the end of of any of that trauma going on yeah, thank yeah. you so much man no worries it's all about it. growth man it's all about growth and I try my, and grow every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My mentor said to me an amazing quote that's always stuck with me. And we'll just finish it off with this. My mentor said, growth is the purpose. Everything else is the result. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that. Ali West, ladies and gentlemen, founder of Kinetic Fitness, joining us out of Nottingham, United Kingdom. Thank you so much for being on. Just recapping some quick little tidbits you left along the way is being a good communicator, helping you transition from wanting to be a, a professional football player to now going into the training space, keep pushing and that work ethic, which helped allow you to push yourself even further and then put yourself First, 2015, kind of shifting the mindset, meditation being the foundation of what really started the ability to meditate, take care of yourself and show up better. Starting small with your meditation practice and finding out the way you learn, the best way you learn, and that meditation can change your life. And don't forget to ask for help. Allie West from Nottingham, United Kingdom. Thanks again for being on. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for making it to the end of the episode. We appreciate you. Hit that like button, subscribe button, catch a new episode each and every single week. Share this because that's the best compliment you can give us. And of course, don't forget to leave a rating and let us know how we're doing so we can improve and make a better show you guys. Thanks for being with us. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow.